Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. We are in the midst of a 40 days of prayer and a series called Planted. And we're talking this morning about stewardship. And I'm joined by two special guests and friends. First, we're joined by Lead Pastor Jose. Hey, good morning, Taylor. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. And I'm excited. We have a first time on the podcast guest this morning. Second, oh, I didn't even realize. After Easter. Oh, that's that's right. right, That's right. That's right. First... First, as overseer, Bob Walker. Bob, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. How are <laughs> it's you? Good to have you. Great. Jose, I'll give you the first word. We are looking at, and had a, you had a great message on stewardship, something that we haven't just talked about because we're in the midst of a 40 days of prayer for the Oaks Project, but something that our church has talked about for, for years now. So yeah. why, why is it so significant to talk about money and this concept of stewardship, and what did God teach you in the midst of preparing for this well, message? Well, I was corrected by somebody, 1,200 verses is the number that I, my research said, speaks to finances. And then someone after one of the gatherings said, hey, it's actually double that. And the bottom line is Mm -hmm. that it's important to God because it's important for everyday lives. We need money to operate. It's a tool. It's a necessary thing that we have to manage. And so, of course, not only is it important for um, us to hear what the Bible says about it, but here Jesus is saying that where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. So it has great implications to the condition of our heart, how we handle finances. And, um, you know, I, I mentioned on the on, in the message on Sunday that it can be easy for us to go to church and maybe ask for help or ask for prayer for an in, if we're sick or if we have an area of need, but it's really difficult for us, it seems like, to open up about hardships with finances. And so that's something that the Bible speaks openly about. And uh, we as a church want to come alongside you as as uh, we journey through our financial you know, seasons, highs and lows together. Uh, some of my close friends would say I'm maybe a type A, maybe a type A person, but I like organization and breaking things up and organizing, segmenting. And so this you, message, you I know. You invented type A. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'll take it. But uh, but in, in my life, I struggle with compartmentalizing. And so we've often compartmentalized giving, or at least for me, always seen this as kind of a separate category. But on Sunday, and then just even um, for years now, our church believes that all of this is intertwined together, just as you were saying, the heart. Bob, would love to hear your thoughts on this as we wrestle with how does stewardship impact our heart and even just what we're chasing after. Yeah, stewardship. Uh, <clears throat> it's amazing how many areas of your life it reaches into. It's not just money. It's your time. It's your talents. It's your, uh, your being and, uh, and how you work with others in the body. But, you know, speaking from the money standpoint, um, I have to confess, I was not a good steward of my uh, efforts and my time. We gave, but uh, it was not... You know, it was not a cheerful heart. It was kind of like out of obligation. Mm. Um, But, uh, you know, I spent most of my career uh, traveling and working. And, you know, my intent was not, oh, so I could, you know, build up enough money where I could support my church. It was really more for the recognition and for... um, for the money, uh, but not for not for being a good steward, but as much just uh, having the money to you know feel secure. I mean, yeah. security, and uh, you know, is all wrong uh, clearly. And um, you know, it's it's been a hard lesson, but we're getting there. And I think you know, stewardship is uh, is really taking the resources that God has given you, and everything is coming from Him, mm-hmm. and deciding. 
with his help and with prayer and supplication that uh, this is where he wants you to put those resources. And again, it's not just money. It's your time. It's your talents. It's all those things that make up your life. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, that's really good, Bob. I um, think that it's something that we all are all on a journey in. He's he's speaking to each, each individual and each family unit and. Through these 40 days, my hope is that we, we would take a look mm-hmm. into the condition of our heart and into our finances, because this is an opportunity to trust God. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not necessarily uh, about a building or, or even a project um, at the church. One of the other things that this could be about is, is our own discipleship, an opportunity to, to really trust God more mm-hmm. and, and say, all right, Lord, this is, we've never done anything like this before. Um, and again, we, on, on the overseer side and on the leadership side, we're excited yeah. to see what happens through our church uh, in, in the in this season. So it's going to be fun. Yeah. And, and whether we're talking about money, whether we're talking about time, I think uh, I love how you mentioned, Jose, in your message, Mark 12, and just talking about uh, just the poor widow that came and dropped off two cents. I think I remember in college thinking, well, once I have enough free time, then I'll be able to serve or do mm-hmm. this, this, and this, mm-hmm. not realizing that was probably the most free time I ever had, uh, at least so far. But money in the same way, someone's listening, maybe thinking, okay, well, once I, once I get a million dollars in the bank account, then I'll be able to give. Or once I reach a certain threshold, then I'll feel comfortable. So I'd love for y'all to speak to just even how how much everyone that's listening has a part to play in this, just to take away and be discipled. Yeah, there's something that's clear in many, many of the teachings of Jesus, Paul. Um, the Bible is clear that if we're faithful with small, more will be given. Mm-hmm. And so if we do... Uh, if we're obedient in the, in the small ways, then when, when we show up and, and, you know, like you said, if, if you end up getting more money later on, then, uh, you, you will continue that journey of obedience and, and faithfulness. Uh, I, I actually did not have time to mention that story. And so I'm glad that in, in two of the gatherings. And so I'm glad that you mentioned that story of the widow, because it, it really is in stark contrast to the rich young ruler and the rich young ruler has a lot. And yet he goes away sad because Jesus is asking, you know, for all that he has. And here's this widow who gives all that she has, but it's little. And Jesus says, <laughs> She is the one that is given more than anybody else. And so it's not a dollar amount. It's it's really how deep is our trust and how deep is is our reliance on God versus on money. Yeah, and, and it doesn't say that the widow gave it begrudgingly. I mean, uh, she didn't make a big deal of it. Mm-hmm. Basically, she's giving all she has because that's what God's put on her heart. Whereas the rich young ruler, not so much. Yeah. I mean, he had it to give. But um, uh, it grieved him. Yep. It grieved yep. him because uh, I remember Corey Ten Boone saying something, uh, if you recall the story of the hiding place. She said, I, I learned to hold things with an open hand That's good. because this way it doesn't hurt as much mm. when it's taken away from you. Mm. Um, you know, God wants us to have an open hand. He wants us to give. Um it's up to us to either follow, follow that or yep. don't, yep. you know. And uh, yep. and I think those two stories that you brought up Sunday are a great contrast of where your heart is yep. and uh, where the widow's heart is, where the rich young ruler's heart is. Um, that's how they gave, yep. and they gave cheerfully, or she gave cheerfully. He 
didn't give it all. Uh, and I think there's a chance hmm. that he came back and gave. But well, it yeah, say, it doesn't. True. It doesn't say that in the story. And I, I think it's it's sad to me also when I think about dying yeah. to myself and yeah. denying myself yeah. something yeah. that I can afford and saying no to that is tough. So there is a warning mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that that comes with recognizing <clears throat> this isn't about me and it's not even for me. It's for God, right? And and that requires something of me. Yeah, yeah. Something's got to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's let's keep talking about that heart because there's so much that personally we can we can apply and kind of uh, spend some time in prayer thinking about. But I know not everyone listening is married, but I'd love to talk or hear y'all's thoughts as a married um, as a husband. Just how does that look like as far as talking to your spouse, talking to your wife about finances, about stewardship? Because again, there's so much we can do individually, but then also in a marriage and even in a family, mm-hmm. there's room for y'all. What what does that look like practically and what, what encouragement would you have for couples that are listening? Well, I am married to <clears throat> a woman who uh, whose heart is to give. Yeah. Uh, she gives uh, over and above. And uh, she's been a real encouragement to me, particularly over the last now, decades, about you know where we're giving and, and where we're investing our lives and our, our finances and our time, uh, because she gives freely. And uh, she finds such joy in that, that, uh, you know, it inspires me to do the same. So uh, we, we talk about it. We're still talking about the Oaks Project and praying about it every day and trying to come up with, okay, what does God want us to do? And we're doing that with several other ministries that we support and have supported for years of, you know, how does God want us to use the resources he's blessed us with um, most effectively. And, you know, what's the, uh, what's the outcome for the kingdom that that's going to bring about? So, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a journey we've been on for a long time, but uh, particularly now with the Oaks Project and some of the other ministries that, that we uh, are, are intimately involved with around the world that we want to see God move and... Um, we want to be a part of that. Yeah. And to be a part of that means, you know, making that investment, whatever it is. Yeah, that's really good. He invites us to participate with mm-hmm. him in, in those things. And it's a tremendous honor for us. I also, Bob, was inspired by my wife when we got married. I was giving, but I wasn't giving 10% mm-hmm. away. And so when we got married, she, you know, before we, we, we agreed um, that that was going to be the thing. And she had done that before I hadn't. Mm-hmm. And so she inspired me and her faith was amazing. And so when I started giving, I quickly caught on. This is really fun to give the first 10%, mm-hmm. to, to practice that mm-hmm. principle of the tithe. And so um, the, the, the biggest thing, anything over and beyond, Bob said it, prayer is is the key. Pray yeah. about it and then be yeah. on the same page. Yeah. It's it's something that that God wants um, to unite marriages, not <laughs> not divide or, or or cause cause strife. And so as we pray together, then God I believe will reveal um, and and you have those conversations, get on the same page and Absolutely. Absolutely. People may be listening to this later on, but this week we're recording it just days before Thanksgiving. Yeah. And Hosea really was a perfect tie-in because I love how towards the end of your message, you looked at, you kind of compared and contrast devotion to money and devotion mm. to God. And mm-hmm. just looking at how a common theme throughout the devotion to God was gratefulness, contentment, trust, generosity, a lot of these things that 
in its purest sense, Thanksgiving and the week of just celebrating what God has given us is so important. And yet it is so countercultural. You brought up Black Friday. There's countless other examples that we could use that this becomes such a a focus on consumerism and applying things. How how have y'all wrestled with just this back and forth between devotion to money, devotion to God? And then uh, more importantly, I think, how do you maintain a devotion to God amidst so many distractions, amidst so Mm. many advertisements, amidst so many sales, things just on a very good deals. Oh, yeah. But really, you know, how, how does especially that look after like? I said that on Sunday, now I'm seeing all the good deals, and it's it really is temptation. And I would answer it quickly: it's it's impulse control. Practice mm-hmm. saying no. Practice looking away. Practice closing the tab. Practice leaving the store. You know, want something and then say deny yourself <laughs> and say mm-hmm. I'm not going to get it. Mm-hmm. And and the more we practice that muscle, the more it'll grow and the stronger it will get. And uh, it's it's something that we do out of a grateful heart. It's something that we do out of being content with what we have. It's it's not works based. It's a response to what Jesus has done for us. And so yeah, this I'm I'm practicing it this week, especially after you know dogging on Black Friday like <laughs> I did. I'm saying all right now I'm 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 going to practice this impulse control. Well, and the, <clears throat> the plaque that you have on the front of your house. Yeah. Can you repeat that again? In Spanish or in English? Uh, let's hear the Spanish. <laughs> Let me see if I remember. Para ser feliz en la vida, no es necesario querer... No, tener todo lo que uno quiere, sino querer todo lo que uno tiene. To be happy in life, it's not necessary to have all that you want, but to want all that what you, have. you have. Yeah, and you know, at my age, uh, at this point in my life, you know, I look at the Black Friday as stuff. It's just stuff. And uh, I remember, you know, hearing years ago that, you know, you'd never see a U-Haul trailer behind yeah. a hearse. Yeah. You know, we are not going to take any of this stuff with us, uh, but the investments that we make in what God's doing will last They're going to show up in forever. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, so Black Friday, okay. I'm not interested. Uh, I'm not really that that uh, into it, but uh, I can see where I have been. Mm-hmm. You know, in the past, I wanted that TV, or I wanted that. You know, yeah. The allure is that Christmas is coming up, and so you can buy stuff mm-hmm. cheaper now, right? And you get it out of the way, and and that's that's true, and that's good. And if 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 you're able to do that, go for it, get after it. The problem is. When 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 is when is it enough? Mm-hmm. And our our heart just is wired to want more, yeah, and to desire yeah. more. And so we see this other deal that we were not looking for, and then before we know it, it shows up in our front door. How about that? In less than two days. <laughs> I'm I'm there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've done that. Jose, you had uh, four things noted under the column for devotion to money here, complaining, coveting, controlling, and then cheap, giving cheaply, uh, something, all four of these I'm, I'm guilty of and, and trying to grow in. But I want to zero in on this coveting one, because coveting, uh, another way you could describe this is comparing or comparison. Uh, I don't think it's just us younger people that have social media, but I know it's just across the board. It can be so easy to look mm-hmm. at, you know, as we live in community, God designed us to live in community, but as we're living in community, we start to see the house someone has, the car they drive, that kind of thing. So what would be some ways that y'all can practically kind of stay on guard? We, we talked about other temptations just with advertisements or the things this week, but just even that that about coveting, because that, again, doesn't apply just to money or could not even apply just to possessions. But how do you kind of zero in on uh, combating coveting? Boy, that's a really 
tough question. I mean, uh, when you look at you know Facebook or Twitter or whatever, um, people only put up there the things that they want other people to see. And, um, you know, you see families that are having this great time and it's painful for those that aren't. Mm, And, um, yeah, do you covet that? Yeah, you covet that from the standpoint of saying, boy, I wish my family was like that. I wish we were in Aruba. I wish, you know, Mm. we had, you know, whatever it is they're showing. But the fact of the matter is they're showing you what they want you to see, not what not maybe reality, reality is. That's it, that's and um, so I think, you know, coveting from the standpoint of looking at other people's lives and wanting what they have. I mean, God calls coveting in the Ten Commandments. I mean, it's the biggie. It's the one that he pretty much says, don't do that. Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately, it's part of our culture. You know, yeah, and and not to beat a dead horse, but contentment really is the antidote to that. So if you focus on what you have, yeah, and you focus on the reality of of the blessings that God's given to you, that that will help cure that Mm -hmm. coveting heart, (laughs) those wandering eyes that we have that look at other people, and what we're the message that we really are receiving is that that we're not enough or we don't have enough or you know others are doing more or, or they're worth more and when we look at who God says we are he he says he is enough and because of that we're good well we're and good. and those messages that you mentioned those are not coming from God no, those are not. coming from the evil one yeah. and uh, and he is using that divisively to build that discontentment that pulls us away from God, that, that puts us in the place of saying, uh, gee, I wish I'd, I wish I was, I wish I could be. And um, so I think it's, uh, you know, social media is a, is a tough thing, uh, and uh, Satan can use that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. significantly. Yeah. Those that are listening may have children of their own or maybe relationships with children, students, college students, people they're investing in. A lot of the Oaks Project is focused on uh, investing and sowing into the next generation. So for those that are listening that have relationships, that have uh, discipleship opportunities, what would it look like to have conversations with children, with kids, with students, with college students? What what, what would be maybe some things that y'all have seen work or haven't worked as far as just in your own lives or as you try to instill some of these principles of stewardship? just even at a younger age. We, we uh, told our kids, <laughs> it was funny because they shared it with somebody and they looked at us sideways like, what are you teaching your kids? And mm-hmm. uh, if you have, you know, $3, one dollar, uh, uh, well, no, that's that's a third. That's not a tenth. Uh, Ten cents or $10 a dollar, you know, is, is for the church. You save the second and then you can spend the rest. And um, we haven't done this, but I've heard of people use mason jars and you can just mm-hmm. put, um, you know, three mason jars, give, save, spend, and uh, do it that way. The sooner they get it, the better it will be. I didn't get it. And so because I didn't get that early on, I really thought that the church was a, hey, you have to give, you know, and especially growing up in a tradition that was incredibly powerful and rich. Um, yeah, I judged church and equated church with money. And so making this a heart posture early on in our kids, I, I think is, is so crucial. Mm-hmm. It's about us being really devoted to him and then giving, giving him what is already his. Yeah. I, uh, I, I handed you some acorns. These you did. Massive I used acorns. It's 10 o'clock and the 1130. <laughs> but, um, you know, 
and again, I don't have small children. You know, I have had small children, but I think an object lesson, a story to say, you know, we are in the midst of this and I want you to understand what this is about and using that acorn as of say, do you know what this is? This is a seed and you see that tree out there that used to be this. And what we're all about right now in the Oaks Project is, is taking that seed and investing it and putting it into the ground so it can grow. Mm-hmm. And that growth is going to be in you. That's so good. That's so good. Uh, conversations like this, stewardship, money, uh, a lot of great stuff we talked about. I'd love to kind of close out by speaking to people that maybe are listening. And when it comes to finances, they get really discouraged. They feel really overwhelmed. It's like whether it's a literal debt that they feel crushed by or whether it's just they've they've tried to, to get a hold of their finances and they've hold of the schedule and yet it just gets away from them. So what would maybe just be something that y'all would encourage someone that's they're hearing this word. It sounds great on a Sunday morning, but when it it comes to the Monday or the day-to-day, it just really is hard for them to get, get a grasp of. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He doesn't need our money. Um, for us to be able to share any resources we have, that's a gift from us to Him. But all we're doing is giving it back to Him. Mm-hmm. He has it to begin with. So I think, you know, if, if you're discouraged about, you know, how much I have or how much I don't have or how much I owe or what my financial position is, the, the important thing is uh, to relax and to be cheerful in what you give, mm-hmm. no matter what it is. If it's a widow's might or if it's a fortune from the rich young ruler, it's all giving back to God what he's given to you. Amen. Beautifully said, Bob. And I would add to that, um, Paul talked about doing mm-hmm. all things through mm-hmm. Christ. Mm-hmm. So whether in plenty or in want, and so do it through Christ and don't do it alone. Yeah. Share it with a community group leader. Come talk to me, Bob, Taylor, anybody that um, you look up to at church and ask for help, if, especially if you're in a, in a hard place. It is a hard conversation, and I, I do have the conviction that it's something that we do too privately. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think God is using the Oaks Project to show when we are obedient personally, mm-hmm. but then collectively as a body, We'll be able to see something beautiful. Oh, yeah. Thanks for those acorns, Bob. Absolutely. Boy. Yeah. If you need more, let me know. You got it. You got <laughs> it. Great conversation, guys. Looking forward to the next one. Thanks for listening to the Conversations podcast. Be a part of the conversation by sending questions about the Sunday message directly from ccc.guide or by emailing conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. See you back for the next conversation.